Welcome Sacramento and the surrounding areas to your State of the Republic podcast. I'm your host, Luis, and today I am joined uh, by my two usual co-hosts, podcast mom Sharon and Jared. How's it going, Sharon? Well, hey, hey, Luis. I'm I'm doing great. Uh, The day is great. It's good to be on the podcast tonight. Uh, And how are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, Much better than yesterday because, you know, they they had us all really uh, nervous throughout the whole game. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I'm just glad that, you know, it was a better outcome than uh, I would have thought a minute before the last minute of the game. But... Yep, M- and much we'll talk about talked. it. But I have two, four words. Na- uh, Navi, Kevin Gucci, that's two words. Brent Richards, two more words. We'll talk. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah that's <laughs> very true. Those two players are, are something else. Uh, and Brent, who we wished was with Sacramento, but fortunately, that is not the case. <laughs> How are you doing, Jared? Well, my word of the weekend is relieved. Um, <laughs> relieved that we gr- grabbed at least a point out of Irvine. Uh, relieved that we're finally getting dumped with rain here throughout Maricopa County. And I'm on the final stages of my uh, uh, acute, acute uh, bronchitis. So that is almost out the door. So thankfully staying inside and not getting out in this, this stuff, you know, kind of helps out too. So. Oh, Jared, that makes me so happy to hear that you're on the final stages of kicking that. Man, that was nasty. And so I, I'm assuming they tested you, la, 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 for other things, but th- that was only, oh, yeah. is that correct? Yeah, uh, I actually decided to go ahead and get a chest x-ray just to make sure it wasn't pneumonia. And of course, they said, you know, since I'm dealing with respiratory stuff, might as well get you tested for COVID. And that t- uh, that uh, tested out as negative as well. So it's all good, good you- on that. The one test you want to fail is that one. So thank goodness you failed that test. Yay. Exactly. Woo. Yeah. Well, wait, well, we're glad to hear everything is good. You're feeling much better and, and you know, you're going to be all good for whenever we play against Phoenix next time, because we, we want to see you out there. And uh, so you can let us know how that new stadium is, by the way, and uh, how your adventure is getting there, because I know that it's going to be quite a, uh, journey <laughs> to make it out to that new place they're at. Yeah. I mean, I, I still have to figure out what time I got to get out to the, uh, the Churchill bar for their pub to pitch shuttle, which would take me out to the stadium. Hopefully if I can time that right, that means less Uber I have to use to get out to the new place in Chandler. Oh, that's good. It's good that they're going to offer something like that. That way it's going to make it a little bit more convenient than yeah. Having to jump from one <laughs> to to the other two but the team really needs to listen that they need to they need to make sure they choose their venues wisely <laughs> for anyone uh yes. traveling there <laughs> cool well uh if anyone didn't listen to our last usl unsolved mystery i i gotta say uh, uh i forgot to actually post it on our social media so if you just heard it on our episode i know maybe there really wasn't a way for you to share your response to that <laughs> so not going to happen again. Completely missed the mark on that one. Um, but if you didn't listen to that one, we basically wanted to know what the reason was behind uh, the Las Vegas Lights transmission just uh, you know shutting down randomly and not giving us the full match highlights because we really wanted to watch those because when you win, you want to watch everything that happened in the match. So that was our last one. And so, you know, since... 
we didn't get any responses because I didn't do that post. Uh, I actually posed a question here on uh, to you two. What do you guys think happened? What, what is your theory? Oh, my theory? Oh, my goodness. Uh, so what I, <laughs> I think there's somebody had to have a bio break is my guess, or someone tripped over the cord in an unplugged, or they had to move on to another something that they had to cover it, or you had a rookie. So I had like all these oars. You had a rookie and figured, okay, game's over, click over. And they just shut it all down. You'd never know what's going on in the trailer, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I would say 90% of it, uh, I would say really would be a technical difficulties. I mean, possibly either a preemptive shutdown, like uh, Sharon said, but uh, 10% is, I'm going to say a little bit of saltiness. I mean, the fact that they lost yet again and to Sacramento, who they beat uh, a couple of years ago, but uh, now they're starting to lose to them again and feeling that potential uh, series uh, sweep. I said, oh, game's over. There goes the feed. But I don't know. It's it's probably going to be more on the uh, technical difficulties and possibly. I like your attitude about it. Could have been somebody being like salty. I I like that, Luis. What's your what's your take on it? So I'm going to have to say uh, opposite of what Jared said. (laughs) I think it was. (laughs) I have a feeling the ninety percent was saltiness by whoever has controls of you know let's the signal sending it to ESPN plus and being really worried that the lights could lose that fourth spot that they have. And, you know, maybe, maybe they had this idea in their minds that, Oh, it's Sacramento. They're playing not as good. You know, they're not getting points. Oh, it should be three points for us too. And we sh- it should help us like try to stay with that fourth spot, especially because they know when they play against uh, a Phoenix rising or Orange County, it's going to be a really tough, luck that they would actually even get a point from them and so I think it was someone who was really worried and who was like you know what forget it because obviously they know right anyone watching on ESPN plus is more than likely a Sacramento supporter right because I couldn't see someone locally saying you know let me watch on ESPN plus when they got it there local right why are you going to pay for ESPN plus when you could just watch them there so that's that's why I think they were like hey you know what Technically, the match is over. I could shut it down. I mean, it's not like I'm shutting it down at the 85th minute. It's after. Who cares about the highlights? Let's just shut it down. One less worry about me having to actually do that. So that's that's how I think about it. Because it's like it never happened before, ever, where it shut down at the 85th minute. Oh, wait, it did with CW61 here in Phoenix. Uh, a couple of years ago because the, the game had shut down because they were thinking, oh, we're going to sh- start showing Supernatural. It showed a few minutes of that. And, oh, geez, the game's still on. Quick, cut it back over. And then it just, uh, yeah, it was pretty much over. So it wouldn't be the first time for USL feeds. Oh, whoa. Okay. I did not know that. That's a whole nother. What was the score, by the way, though? Because that could determine. Um, For that match i can't even remember the score but i believe it was uh, more like a late season match i'll have to dig more up onto it and then uh to talk about more at a later time oh, okay 
And and I know that ESPN Plus has has had its ups and downs. You know, in the in the early days when it first got started, it was a little hokey, and you know the feeds were not very good, and <laughs> things would go haywire, and you know you wouldn't even get a message on your television or your screen saying they're working on it. It'd just be like, oh, you can't get in. Okay, fine, and you just watch the Twitter feed to see if anything happened. You know, in the in the match. That being said, interesting question. I love the Unsolved Mysteries episode and I can't wait. Stay tuned, folks, because we have another Unsolved Mystery episode later in this podcast. But let's talk about um, let's talk about that game last night. Yeah, let's take a look at that, too. And and before we take a look at the highlights of what happened, uh, you know, looking at the stats, um, we actually had more shots ourselves too, which I think, you know, is it's. Uh, I think it's a little misleading, right? Because it also, you know, we also have to look at, at how some of those shots went down. But uh, it does show as we having nine shots, Orange County eight shots, shots on target more than them, right? Three against two, which all right. I mean, it's a, it's possibly a, a, a not. I think it's probably the first time that we get something like that aside from I think the game against Las Vegas lights when I think we did have more than they did but uh it's one of the very few times I should say that uh we actually have more shots on target than they do possession wise we know the story they had a lot more possession than we did it was to be expected again you are playing away and Orange County is always a difficult rival for us uh Pass accuracy passes more on the Orange County side. Even on fouls, they <laughs> got more. But that's, of course, one number you don't want to ever be uh, winning your opponent at. But I think the most positive thing was, hey, we didn't get any red cards because, uh, as Jared knows, right, those referees had something for Orange County that I am actually quite shocked that being that they were at home, the referee didn't decide to do that. But... I mean, shout out to the referee who did a really good job, actually. And you see, this this goes to show for anyone uh, listening that we don't always uh, complain about the referee. And, and we also say good things when we're like, hey, it was officiated right. And this one was uh, pretty well done. And I'm glad to, to see that. Hopefully more people she, follow her lead. She was Awesome. She was very good with the players. I could see her talking to them. And then I saw her do the old, um, I'm moving this way. You need to be out of my way. When they got in her face, there were a couple of times that I Mm -hmm. saw players kind of getting in Mm -hmm. her face about a call Mm -hmm. or two or a caution. And she was, she was really, she was really good. You could tell she knew what she was doing and looking at her positioning on the pitch, her positioning on the pitch was spot on. She, and she ran well, you know what I mean? She kept up with the game and the flow of the game. She used her um, assistant referees. I mean, she, I think she's got a lot of experience. So I really appreciated the way that she called the game. I think we may have to have her uh, come up to Sacramento a few more times for a couple more of these matches in the future, especially against Orange County. But yeah, I, I've seen where, where she did an excellent job, you know, keeping everyone separated on the level letting them know, hey, I don't care if you if your guys are not and, and I'm a, a woman, I'm not going to take any stuff from y'all. So let's get this uh, d- down the middle and fair and even match. And looking at the stats, hardly any cards, if, if any. I mean, there were a couple yellows, thankfully no reds. I mean, this is what a well-officiated match looks like. 
well-disciplined. Everyone knows their their place and hardly any uh, fights or riffraff or anything like that. So I, I also have to commend on the, on the officiating on this match. And y'all know my history with OC versus Republic FC officiating. So that's something. Oh, yeah. We, we, we do know what, what we've gone through. And, and like I said, it's, it's just it's surprising to me, right? It's like we, we were treated much better here than we were at home. And it's like, hey, she was like, I don't care if OC is the, uh, the team here being at home. I'm going to officiate fairly and not, not do what the other two referees did. And uh, yeah, really positive stuff to, to have on there, too. So as you all know, right, the scoreline 2-2. Um, we're going to uh, dive into each of the goals that we actually scored. And, you know, it's not that many times, I think, especially this season when we can actually say that we scored the first goal of the match. And let alone, right, I mean, the, the this first goal scored by Carlton Belmar, which I'm so glad he finally was able to get a goal himself. And not just any goal, right, not just the kind of goal where you just kind of push the ball, you know, someone just pass it to you, but the guy started the play, ended the play, and my, oh my, I, I don't think, or at least it's been a while since I've seen Belmar pull a goal like this, but this is exactly the kinds of goals that, like, he has pulled in the past, and so really happy to see him. I mean, look at that. If you guys go back and look at that replay, I mean, watch it in slow motion. I mean, the, <laughs> the amount of jukes that he does, I mean, that defender had to have like been all like confused and and all crazy because he does at least like five different jukes right there and yeah he did like <laughs> all these step over moves now a good defender doesn't watch that they watch the ball only you know and and to see where the where the ball's going but that defender kind of kept his eye more on Carlton and to see you know as opposed <laughs> to the ball in the foot so but yeah Carlton is like if I did that many you know, moves and step overs, I'd be exhausted because not only did he just sprint onto the ball from, you know, the pass from Hayden, but literally he had to, doing those dance moves. I mean, come on, how many step overs? That was like five step overs and then a cut. So, you know, the dude had it going on. You're right. And I just love how Carlton handled this goal. I mean, he, he got the wrist, the ball from well more than halfway around the field, came into the lane, put some shake and bake on it and smack that banger right into the net. I mean, it was just beautiful to watch. I mean, I know that there's been times where Republic FC players have tried to do a little bit too much and ended up paying for it, but Carlton just timed this beautifully. I mean, coming off the the, uh, touchline, diving in, seeing his defender, (laughs) and then just nails it from, I mean, from that far out. It was a, a rocket right on the line. Yep. It, it it was it was a beauty for sure. Now sometimes our guys get caught dribbling into the defense. This defender, you notice he didn't bite. Um, he didn't he didn't move in. He opened his body up and let Carlton have the inside lane, which was probably a defensive mistake. He should have pushed him to the outside. So if I was you know if I was them, I I, I I'd be talking about the way that he allowed Carlton to get on the inside shoulder. Um, so that's a little bit of their defensive faux pas, but hopefully they had um, a second defender, which they did not, um, closing Carlton down. So that was good. 
that it aired in our favor. Now, oftentimes when we start doing those sorts of things, we'll see in some future plays where we dribble too long and then we lose a ball right into traffic. This did not happen tonight for Carlton. So that was good. Moving on. So we we didn't have that much time to celebrate, unfortunately, right? Because our celebration was cut short less than 10 minutes uh, after that goal was scored. Um, unfortunately, we get a goal against uh, from uh, Ronald, uh, who, uh, if you recall, if you guys recall in the last game, this guy's the guy who drove our defense nuts, right? He was just like running up and down and, you know, uh, really a, a big threat right to to our defense and you know in this one he gets his goal and uh, you know I don't know what your guys' thoughts are but when I looked at the um, highlights and, and the replays uh, for this goal in my opinion I just think Tomas should have not come out because I think there was enough coverage there and I feel like he kind of he kind of shouldn't he could have been out back but I'm curious to hear what your guys' thoughts are on on that goal and what what went down. So that one was a hard one. We looked like we may have been uh, un, uh, not marking uh, too specifically, and it, it was that was that goal was hard to see, you know, because there was a lot of traffic and the camera angles were a little odd. Um, but if you see how high the player got and Tomas, I think it was his error, you know, for not, he's taller with his hands up. He should be taller than um, the attacker really. And, and the other thing I have to say is the way that OC is playing, it's like who needs Adam John and no disrespect to the man and who needs Thomas and Evoldson, both of their key strikers that they were counting on are injured and recovering and they and they still do this, you know, Orange County still does that. It's like, what, do they have like 20 people lined up just to take the place? So that being said, what did you think, Jared? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, uh, Tomas is finding himself in a lot of situations where he's got a crowd right in front of him, and that's where a lot of goals go through. I mean, with his height advantage, you would think there'd be some – uh, form of actually getting in there a little, little bit further, you know, digging in deeper and just at least punching it out of the way or slapping it. But unfortunately, that's this is becoming a pattern. And unfortunately, Orange County is picking up on that. I mean, they, they've actually taken advantage of that uh, a couple of times, I believe. Uh, but uh, I mean, I agree with the whole Orange County roster. I mean, they don't really need uh, Adam John or Thomas and Edvoldson right now because I mean, look what they're doing with the roster they have right now. I mean, it's like it's like the Montreal Expos of the 94. They're turning out a, a talent factory. I mean, even their big names get hurt, doesn't matter. Their their regular roster will be able to get, get taken care of. And unfortunately, we're on the business end of it. But uh, yeah. now, I mean, Dan, this... K- Dan Casey did get in the way. I can see. Oh, no, that's not Dan. That's Luis Felipe, actually, maybe. Ben, oh, he was the, right behind. Who's, no, it's a three. It's our three. That's that's Hayden Sargis. Um, oh, okay, right. yeah. Yeah, I think he was like right in front of Enneboldson. And if Enneboldson didn't communicate that he wanted to go after the ball, then, you know, then there's no fault on on Hayden. There, That's a fault on uh, Tomas. But yeah, that was, an, that was a really unusual goal. I didn't, I was hoping it wasn't a goal, but then of course it was a goal. And you know, but behind uh, the goal scorer, right, Ronald, uh, 
I mean, Luis Felipe was right there. I'm surprised Luis Felipe, I think, is, is taller, right, than, than that guy. Uh, but at the same time, I think that everyone seeing Tomas coming out like that made everyone feel like, you know, he, he's got this, right? He's coming out. Let me not go anywhere near there because then I might get knocked out by my own goalkeeper. So this is why I put all the responsibility on Tomas because, oh, I'm hearing some noise. Uh, this is why I put all the responsibility in Tomas because when you do that as a goalkeeper, you being the leader out back, right? I mean, you look at your goalkeeper, do something, you're going to let them do it, right? You're like, all right, you got the ball, you go get it, right? I'm not even going to get in between you and that ball. I mean, you're the one who is, is to blame because no one else is going to do anything if they see you already moving a certain way. So... Social media was not kind um, in a couple of instances about Tomas, but we'll leave it right there. Uh, you know, I would not, I would not want to be him right now. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which is unfortunate. And this is why I always say that I would never be a goalkeeper because uh, <laughs> yeah, a lot of times you're going to get the, the, the fault's going to fall on you. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, well, yeah, but uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's it's difficult. I mean, and I know we all miss Rafi. Sorry, I know we all miss Rafa. You know, in this situation. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, we hope he gets better soon and he's able to be back with us. Hopefully, hopefully soon. Uh, um, and that's not to say that Tomas, you know, like will never come back, right? But it's like for the meantime, you know, we we, we gotta just rotate those goalkeepers around. And when you don't have that competition right now, because. You know, we do have our third goalkeeper, Sanchez, there. But, you know, it's like how how much the coach is going to give an opportunity. Maybe not. It's not looking like that would happen. We're not in a position right now where you could just uh, hand the team down to a goalkeeper who hasn't really right played the game much. Uh, so, yeah, for, we, we, we need we're going to have to must, I guess, for, for the time being until hopefully uh, Rafa Diaz gets it's better, too. So we move on to the second half and Sharon's favorite guy who, again, we mentioned earlier, could have been Sacramento Republic. He could have been on the team. We were never going to get tired of saying that. We had two chances (laughs) again. Brett Richards. Yeah, this is, I mean, every time, every time Sharon, I watch him play. It's just, I don't know. I was thinking we need to, we need to tag him when this when this podcast airs and you post it on social media. We need to totally tag him and just say, "Hey, hey, Brent, <laughs> you know, can you can you at least make a pitch to come to Sacramento? Yeah, something. If not, we need to start a campaign. Hashtag Brent to Sac, right? Just like we did MLS. To <laughs> MLS. <Sac. laughs> Maybe if we do that, right? It's like, hey, and and then more people. Uh, join us which i don't i don't think any fan out there would be like eh, i don't think i could see him for the republic because dude this player has caused us so much trouble so much trouble throughout the years right not even just now <laughs> when he was um, with reno he was a thorn in our side because he initiated plays you know and now with orange county same thing <laughs> so he scores his goal uh i, I mean with the past goal that they had had uh, he had already done an assist with that goal. So, I mean, the guy was already on fire with that. And he gets this goal. And I think he 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 deserved it. I mean, the, the guy the guy runs up and down. The guy really 
the, the, the guy really likes to defend whatever team he's a part of, right? He really feels the team and he's just joined OC for this season. But you can tell that the guy is just like, you know what, whatever jersey I'm wearing, I want to give it my all. You know, I want to make sure that I leave a good image here. And, you know, he got, got his goal deservedly. What are you guys' thoughts? But the celebration, I think, could have been. I, I don't. I don't. I don't understand what happened there. But uh, the celebration. It, it was, was a duck. It, it was his. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he's got a nickname. But they said it was a. It, he was a quacking duck or something like that. I don't know. Some kind of fowl, um, a, a bird of some kind. Who knows what's down there in Orange County? I, I think they mentioned it. Um, you know that whatever, like a duck. Mm. Anyhow, if it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, it's a duck. So, you know, and that's, it's like, if it's, it's Brent Richards, he, he's very much himself. He deserved the goal. He was in the right place, right time. I don't know where we were. It's like, he's one of the more dangerous players on their team. Got to pick him up. Somebody's got to pick him up. And yeah. nobody did. He's wide open. Again. Yeah, unfortunately, it's a recurring role where we have too many on one side, no coverage on the other, and OC spotted it. They they picked it up, and uh, Brent just uh, saw fit to to knock it in there when he did. Yeah, but you know, it, it's one of those things. Everyone knows he's a dangerous guy. You have to make sure you don't give him any space because he is not gonna miss that opportunity. So, you know, maybe we we need to talk to the players more, right? Be like, hey, look, we. We know this guy. Um, some of you guys maybe have just seen him now, but we've been following this guy for a while. We've been talking about him for a while. <laughs> we, we know we know what this guy's all about. <laughs> and so time went on, Ray. Uh, there was like 10 minutes remaining of the game, and we were going back and forth. We have our own, our own chat, as we've mentioned it here before. And the team could have showed a different mentality and that was the one thing that was just bothering me and i've seen it happen uh, throughout this whole season i have to say it right we're losing a game uh at well, actually i have to say that there was an exception i believe it was one of the games uh, i think maybe it was uh, at the end of an orange county game at home i think it's the first one if i'm not mistaken right when we when we were down ironically right when we were down uh, uh one man um but it just seems like we we weren't aware of like what what time it was uh what was the scoreline like and it, it almost felt like we were playing in the first half and we were down and hey there's still plenty of game left right there's still 60 minutes remaining of the game because i didn't really notice any sense of urgency in wanting to tie the game and i'm not asking for the team to you know just tie that game or win that game all i'm asking is that hey let's Let's just show that we truly care about, you know, getting some points out of this game. And especially knowing the circumstance that we're in now, it's like, let's show that sense of urgency now versus showing it four or five games down the road when they're really going to be in like deep trouble if we're not in that fourth spot, trying to get into that fourth spot. Because at that point, right, other circumstances happen. And it's going to be a lot more challenging and whatnot. So it's like, guys, show that mentality. We want to see you show that you really want to get points out of a game. And if you do that, we're not going to be disappointed at losing a game. Heck, we could lose all the remainder of the season, every single game that we have remaining. 
But if the team showed that they really, truly wanted to win those matches, I wouldn't be disappointed at the team. I don't know about you guys, but I would not be just one single bit of disappointed if I saw them always trying to get that win, right? To see them like, uh, see the opposition waste time and be yeah, constantly on the so referee. Like, hey. I know, and pushing and pushing and pushing. And it's funny, we had talked just before the podcast about having seen El Salvador, who was down, you know, initially three goals to nil. We watched the game that they played against Qatar and the amount of urgency that they had just to continue playing and not being pedestrian and not turning into cones essentially and just urgently passing the ball and moving the ball and trying to outsmart the you know their opponent was incredible and they got two goals back and of course I have to say this and you know I was going to say this guess who they got the two who scored those two goals and almost a third to try to bring El Salvador back to level or win was none other than Joaquin Rivas. We just interviewed him. He used to play for the Republic, and it's another one that uh, got away. You know, we always we always talk about the ones that got away. Can you imagine if he was playing for us? The dude has a left foot that's like phenomenal. So seeing that and then watching us and the like you said, Luis, the lack of urgency is like, can you guys like just step it up a notch? Just a little bit, just more. It didn't seem like we were urgent. That That is a, a big uh, failing of this past season, an urgency. There's been a, a severe lack of it, just like uh, uh, Sh- uh, Sharon said. I mean, we're playing as, as though it's like practice. I mean, this is more than practice. You've got to put 100% effort in all 90-plus minutes on the field. I mean, even if you're down one uh, one goal, that's still a, a chance, whether it be 10 minutes, five minutes, three minutes left in the match, you know, to, to start something. You never know. You could knock in that equalizer and then find a mistake from the opposition and at least get it back in, into the uh, opposition end again. But if you're just going to stand there and just that pass the ball around, you know, to me, to you, to me, to you, like we've been seeing this season uh, in the last 15, 20 to 30 minutes. I mean, that's not how you keep a winning it, record. I mean, it, how it means they have no plan. When you see that, it's like they have no plan. It's like they're waiting for somebody to take charge and, and create the plan. Now, Jared and Luis, in those games where we've met, we've had an ejection in the last like 15 minutes or 10 minutes, when we've had players down, the urgency is way different. Where is that level of urgency and you know, press when we're down a player in the last 10, 15 minutes, we've had games or we have all three of us talked about the sense of urgency that came from that versus Mm -hmm. when you have 11 on the field, Luis, what do you think? Uh, It's, I feel like it's one of those things where it might be more like circumstantial, right? Because they know now that this is the case and that's what urges them so much, right? Like, Oh, we're down a man. Let's, we need to like push forward, right? Because now it's not an even playing field. Now we need to do that. But while everything is even, eleven v eleven, they feel like oh, okay, you know, it's not, you know, it's not as as uh, uneven, right? Like we all kind of share uh, the fair uh, share of the game and all that. You don't have to have a player that steps up and does more than the others or 
all that everyone feels like, okay, well, I'm going to stay in my position and that's all I'm going to do. Right. <laughs> I'm not going to adjust or anything like that, but my biggest question, and I'd be really curious if we get a chance to speak to coach is like, are you transmitting that message to them? And maybe they're not actually doing that or what's going on here. Right. Where's the disconnect? Because uh, you know, we know coach already, right? If this was his first season, maybe I would be saying like, okay, like what's, what's up, what's going on? Why aren't we seeing this? But we saw that last season with the same guy. So it's like, what is going on this season that your message from last season was resonating so well with the players that we had last season, which granted, you know, we still have some that were a part of last season squad. What's going on with this squad? Is it some of the new guys that maybe they just don't understand uh, this philosophy or, you know, what, what's, what's going on? Because if it's that they don't understand this new philosophy or maybe you have those circumstances, uh, even with coach Pricky, right. That some players just, they just didn't like the way he was. Right. And, and unfortunately, because they had that disagreement amongst themselves, they weren't the players that, we wanted them to be. I mean, Joaquin is an example of that, right? I mean, he didn't get as much playing time and under Paul. Actually, he was oh, getting yeah, yeah, he was getting groomed by Precky. And that was a very <laughs> it was a good grooming. He speaks highly of, of Precky. However, when the transition occurred, um, Paul had a whole different role and it just wasn't gonna fit with Joaquin. So um you brought up something um interesting, and that is you know, the all the new players, you know, we have I don't want to say they're all new right now, but I mean, at the beginning of the season, we kind of wiped out a lot of the um, institutional memory. And I don't know if that was on purpose or not. And the system of, of play and the, and the nature of the urgency and the back passes, we've talked about a lot of the back passes played at Udemy to Udemy, blah, blah, blah. Is he playing the game of possession? Like the team that has the most possession is typically the team that wins, Right. That's statistically what happens. But if the possession is aimless or doesn't have urgency or they're not trying to break down the opponent, then what? But we do try to break down the opponent when we're shorthanded. So it's like, do we just pull a player off the field? <laughs> I'm kidding. Pull a player off the field, will you? <laughs> but, yeah. Well, yeah, it's like, well, as long as we're not losing, right, maybe you could <laughs> do that. But typically, you know, we've been – We've been losing usually when that happens, and that just creates a whole lot of trouble with that. But yeah, there, there's just there's something there, and I just don't quite understand what's going on, right? Because now now we're not at the beginning of the season, right? And we've been seeing this for so long, and it's like, what what is coach doing to change this? Because every every week we see a game, it's almost like it's the same thing that is going on. And I, I don't know about you guys, right? But I think, I mean, I'm thinking back to most of the games this season, if not maybe all of them, I've always seen the opposition play a lot better than we do in times when we're down in the scoreline, right? I mean, heck, even Las Vegas in the last game, they were so close to tying against us, right? Even though like we, we won that match, they were really close to tying against us. They showed uh, uh, their mentality was much better yeah. with the same scoreline than ours was, yeah. right? And granted, I know we're going to talk right now about the goal that we end up scoring at the end. And 
I was celebrating it. I mean, I'm not going to deny it just as any other fan was celebrating it. But realistically, you know, I need to step out of the, the, the fan zone for a quick second there and say, well, yes, we scored that. We got a good point there. But let's look over at the game because this was a circumstance that happened great. Yeah. And uh, as I yep. mentioned so, it before, Navi yeah. should have been there, but uh, yeah, no, unfortunately yeah. didn't. Yeah. So, yeah. We we all yeah. like having Nobby come in a little sooner than he did, you know, just to throw three minutes at him. I mean, he did what he was supposed to do. He got a goal, but yeah, just to give him like a handful of minutes. Jared, you sound like you need to say something. I hear you grunting in the <laughs> background. A lot. Uh, no, it's I, I, I'm agreeing as far as the you know the fact that we've been seeing this thing happen. It's like uh, yes, we get the goal at the last minute, and as a fan, yes, it's great to see that we aren't uh, going home with zero points, but I mean, this something has to change. We can't keep relying on the last five or 10 minutes to, to pull our feet out of the fire. I mean, we've got to take control of this a lot earlier. Like we, we used to uh, for, for seasons past. I mean, we're just relying on these last couple of minutes, hoping a last minute substitution gets the goal in. I mean, we can only draw from the well so often. Yeah, that, that is that is true. I mean, you can't always depend on those last minutes because you're not always going to get that circumstance. I mean, here it worked out great, right? If Nabi isn't subbed in, I don't see us tying the game because Nabi is a really tall guy. He he had that, and you know that's exactly what I and and you know I I was telling it just to you guys internally. I wish I would have tweeted it out too, but. I was like, let's get Nobby. And when the coach did those first two subs, I was like, why are we subbing in these two guys? Now that they're not great. I mean, I'm not going to discount them, right? I, Mitch is awesome and whatnot too. And uh, I think it was uh, Fatai, the other player that was going in there too. But having Nobby in the bench, it's like, okay, we didn't really have a lot of offensive uh, players, which uh, you know we, we're, we'll talk about here in a second where our good old T-Bone was at because... We were wondering, what's, where is he at? We need him here. <laughs> um, but Nobby was there. And, uh, you know, from what we've seen of him in the past games, let alone that first game, right, where he had just an amazing performance. Uh, if you guys remember, and I, I'm trying to remember, I'm confusing OC and, and Phoenix, both those two games, but I think it was against OC, right, if I'm not mistaken, that Nobby gave that, like, spectacular performance. And he, you know, did that play where he went all the way back and, and did the tackle, right? It was a one-on-one. Uh, so, you know, against the same team, if it was, if I'm, memory serves me right with this. Uh, and so this guy already proved that he could do good against them and that he can be offensive, right? Doesn't matter what position he plays, this guy, especially under these circumstances, he can run a lot. He is tall, so he can, you know, yep. be over there and yep. get all those crosses. So. Yeah. Yeah, no. So I can't wait to see. Let's talk about the goal. Okay, so I mean, he got mugged afterwards, right? Um, <laughs> he he totally he totally got mugged, um, and he deserved to be mugged because what happened? You know what he what he did to score this goal was nothing short of a miracle, um, and you know it's just kind of Mitch just clumps it up, right? And the next thing you know, it's in the back of the net, and. It, it doesn't show in this clip and I don't, I, you know, Mitch comes and, and greets him here, but it, there's another part of this 
a clip, and I don't know if it'll run to the very, very end, where after the referee blows the final whistle, Mitch tackles him mm. in the in the back of the field. And oh my God, they both end up falling down on the ground, laying on top of each other. It's even more, it felt, this is exuberant here, you know, this this celebration of, of Nabi's goal. But at, when the game was over, that to me was the celebration that Nabi needed yeah. with Mitch. Yeah. Right there. Oh, there it's it is. Right there. there it is. Yeah. So it that look at that. I mean, that's there's just the two of them laying there on the field. I died when I saw that one. So Mitch and Nabi, if you're listening to this, that that just said it all. That just showed the joy that the two of you have together. And look, it's like, boom, Mitch, I didn't know you were that much of a load. You totally took down Nabi, who's, you know, taller. And oh my God, that if I, if I had nothing else that I had to see in the game, that was what I wanted to see. And another good thing that happened in this game, let's look at the positives. I don't think I saw our trainer on the field once. So to have Betty not come on the field at all, that's like, a miracle, right? To have no trainer. Mm. I don't remember her getting summoned onto the field at all. Did she? Did she get summoned at all? Were there any injury timeouts on the field? I don't think. I don't think there was from, from what I was seeing. You realize that might yeah. be the first game that Betty hasn't had to go on the field. Might be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah, because we, we usually we see a lot of her. <laughs> yeah. on the broadcast a lot more than you know and yeah. not that we not, not that you know we don't want to see her on there too but uh you know because she she does have a job to do but uh you know yeah it's it's the first time she has not been needed out there on on the field and and it's good right because we do not need any more injuries we are yeah. good right now like i yeah i cannot imagine if we <laughs> had no, any more and who knows if if anybody got injured, you know, on the goal celebration there between Mitch and Nabi. You know? <laughs> I'm looking at how he lands. He lands on his toes and he crumples and then Mitch roll, they roll around a little bit. It's like, oh, that's happy days. Happy, happy, happy days. Yeah, yep. that, that's what I was thinking, too. When I saw it, I was like, amazing moment. I hope none of you got injured because that... <laughs> But yeah. at the same time, I guess they, uh, you, you could tell, right, that Nabi's kind of expecting Mitch to actually go, right? And they're both kind of going at the same time. So I guess yeah. that helps but, them out. Yeah, but Mitch jumps up. I don't know that Nabi was expecting more than a big chest bump. <laughs> yeah. Mitch jumps up and says, I'm on. I'm coming up, bud. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I hope Nabi has been hitting the weight room, you know, to be able to hold that load. <laughs> Sorry, no, no offense, Mitch. No offense. Yeah, Navi definitely had his uh, San Diego moment with that goal because I mean, it was a couple of weeks ago that I was there in San Diego and watched Mitch hit, hit that reverse header into the goal, just shocking everyone with, with that game tying. And then Navi has this goal in Irvine uh, up up the road uh, quite a bit. I mean, he, he's just got to celebrate. I mean, he has his own San Diego moment in Irvine. It's same result. I mean, you, you got you got to celebrate something like that, but celebrate responsibly. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, your meme, if you guys haven't seen it, you guys got to go log on to Sacramento Soccer Fans and look at Jared's meme or, or you know, find Jared's, you know, social media post. But the meme was so funny. It was so good. I saw that one. I was like, oh, that was perfect. 
You always have the best memes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and of course, I kind of had to keep in the uh, topic of miracles. I mean, not only with this match, but also I posted the updated uh, standings for the Pacific Division. It's essentially the same situation <laughs> where Tacoma, they're not playing until this uh, Thursday. And then we kind of have to hope Las Vegas loses, which that might be doable, but we're also going to have to be Oakland fans for one match and, and <laughs> hope that they somehow beat Los Dos. So oh. it was fitting. So it was fitting that I had chosen Paul Oakenfold's uh, song, Toka's Miracle, because one, we do need a miracle. And two, <laughs> Saturday night after the Republic FC New York Red Bulls 2 match, I'm going to go uh, down to Tempe and see him live. So it all ties together. Okay. All uh, right. That, that's that's awesome. It's really, got to be really. fun to be in your mind. <laughs> <laughs> really, really co- cool stuff. And actually, I do have one observation. Um, and that is actually the, <laughs> that we're going back to the USL Unsolved Mysteries that we had for OC. When we were trying to figure out, okay, where is it that they get their money from? And if you guys want to go back to the highlights and, and go take a look at this, but I, I'm sure most people probably notice this. And if you've been to the games, you've probably noticed this, but they have a hotter balloon in the background, which I haven't checked what the cost is for that. I can imagine it's a pretty penny to, to go there. So I think some money gets generated from that too. So maybe that is pointing in at least one of the couple of directions on where where a lot of the revenue is generated from the game. So just a observation. Oh, that's interesting. Well, you know, and it was, it was interesting because I know one of their fan podcasts also, uh, it sounded like they know that they do make money and it looked like they're, they had a few fans in the stands. You know, I, I, I was a little more impressed um, than in the past day, past times when it sound, it seemed like they didn't have very many fans in the stands this looked way better i mean this look this this looked better so perhaps they are generating a little bit more ticket revenue but nothing like what sacramento does oh my goodness you know it's it's as though we should have mls because i know we'd pack a stadium i just know it oh yeah yeah ever since our very first match right twenty thousand plus yeah i think mm-hmm. it could be easily done and and i have to say right respect for for oc and and when we do these uso and solve mysteries that's not to disrespect anybody right but we just really think that the team is so competitive they have an amazing team that they build year by year Uh, i think no matter what right we've always seen such a competitive squad that they give it their all right all the times you played against them you never see them fall under the circumstances that we fall under, right? Where we're not looking at the time or we're not really, uh, uh, you know, just pressuring up front as much. Uh, that team always does that. And, you know, I, I would really hope to see someday that stadium full packed. And for the people of Southern California to realize that, yeah, we have MLS squats. But look, we got this really competitive side. It's a nice little venue to go to. I know you have other things going on around uh, the uh, area, right, and all that. But, you know, hopefully they get more appreciation in the local area and more of the fan bases of LAFC, LA Galaxy. Just go out there, support this team, because I, yeah, I, I do want to see exactly. a packed stadium. Yeah, yeah we all want to see packed stadiums. doesn't matter what USL club or even MLS club. We, we really love seeing fans in the stands. 
you know, it's, uh, we lament because we feel a little, sorry, a little superior about putting butts in the seats <laughs> in Sacramento because we've done a good job for so many years. However, we really love seeing a lot of fans in other, in other venues. So on that being said, let's take a look at the um, standings, Luis. Let's, let's see what we got here. Yeah. So uh, kind of funny and going back to what Jared was actually saying earlier about the, the miracle and, all the combinations and whatnot. And I don't know, this is a funny scenario, right? But it seems like from position four to position seventh in our group, it's like no one wants to detach from one another, right? That we got the <laughs> lights, defiance, ourselves, los dos. We all want to be in this group together that we're like, you know what? Let's stick in this together, everyone. Let's make sure that we're all together. And then at the end of the season, we can all, you know, make it for an emotive end of the season to see which of the four gets the fourth spot. Because as we already mentioned, top three spots, Phoenix with 29 points, Orange County 22, Loyal with 21. Uh, In my opinion, you know, just being realistic, way out of our reach. I hope the team surprises me and we go on this crazy run that we end up, you know, in in the third or second spot. But it just seems unrealistic at this point to think that there's... it feels like we're we're in the uh, group of mediocrity <laughs> that just showing up is okay for us. Yeah, that's that's how it's uh, basically looking like, right? Because I think, I mean, we joke around about it so much, but in past years, to think that we would be fighting against the lights, defiance, and those those for a spot is like, wait, really? Like we should we should be fighting against the, the Orange County and Phoenix. For a top spot, not against these other teams, which in the past have been easier wins for us, right? That we haven't struggled against. Yeah. Uh, we, we shouldn't be in that position. But yeah. granted, though, I, there is a big but in this. And that is that we haven't played against the Defiance yet. We've only played against Los Dos once and we beat them already. And the Lights, we've beat them twice already. So on under that particular circumstance, you know, it, it is looking a little positive and there is some optimism there that we, we might have a good chance at that fourth spot and also considering that the lights have one more game than we do and we have the same well, uh, points and and hopefully we'll get some you know players back that could give us a spell give us a little relief in in different positions you know especially when we have the uh, we we inserted a game in august on the 11th so that added like uh, you know, it's like back to having a, a Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday scenario. So then we need our subs. We need good quality subs and we need uh, Tucker Bone back in and Derek Formella, who we believe got married. I mean, that's my belief because I saw the rings in the Instagram post and it's like there was a ring on a man's fa- finger. And, a- <laughs> and you normally don't show rings of other people. You show rings when it's you. So I have a funny feeling the dude got married over the weekend and we'll see if he how quickly he comes back. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully the honeymoon is postponed if that was the case, because <laughs> right now we, we do really need him on on the yeah. pitch, uh, as as we saw yesterday, because we really needed some subs that were more uh, the offensive, too. But um, but actually, as we look at the table, not to change that optimism that I actually I just brought to the table, because. Point-wise, yes, everything looks good, but I just realized one thing, and that is that the roots is that one, and this is why it makes it more critical, right, than when we play against them. You better get those three points against them because they only have eight matches played and six points. 
if they go on a good run, they could potentially be well on their way to own that fourth spot like That's nothing, right? right? Because they yeah. have five less games than than yeah. we do. And uh yeah. yeah. So and even looking at the um other conference, you know, the Western Mountain Conference, the number of games that they've played and the points that they've amassed in 13 matches. Okay, so like the Republican 13 matches has uh 13 points, whereas Colorado Springs Austin Bull, they have 13 matches played, but they've got 20, 18, and 28 and 18 points. It's like they're doing better. And, I, you know, they're at a pretty stiff conference, you know, the Western Mountain Conference. So, yeah, we need we need some we need some points. It's like we need money, not money. But, you know, if points were money, we need it. Yeah. And, and uh, a lot of it. And we've, yeah, we need to, if we need to take out loans, we need to take out loans, right? But speaking yeah. of loans, right? Actually, speaking of loans, and this is covered, Jerome, what were your guys' yeah. thoughts on him? He wasn't hidden. I mean, he didn't like hide the whole game. I actually liked his mentality. I mean, the, the, the guy... The guy, first of all, right, the guy brings to us so much experience, right? He got to play in Bundesliga. He's played with other USL sides, even with some U.S. uh, youth national teams as well. Actually, even the senior team, if I'm not mistaken, very briefly there too. I think it was uh, during the time that uh, we were getting more players called up, right, who were playing in Germany. Uh, And so... I liked it. Yeah. Jared, I'm, I'm curious. You've been quiet for a spell. What did you think of him? Uh, to be honest, I didn't really see a whole, whole lot of them. I mean, I would like to see more. I mean, he, he's been on the uh, FC Tulsa team, which uh, actually the past couple of years have greatly improved, uh, much like with uh, Joaquin Rivas. So I think we could definitely use some of that improvement that he's ex- exuberated in Tulsa. And I'm glad to see that he's here in, uh, with Sacramento. Hopefully that'll translate to uh, more opportunities and, you know, ho- hopefully better things. I mean, on top of what he's been doing so far, I mean, it's definitely a good quality grab. Yeah. Now Luis had just mentioned um, his mentality that he liked his mentality. Um, I, I'm, I'm still going to wait. I want to see him in other games. I mean, literally we just threw him right into the fire. It's like, Oh yeah, come on over. And by the way, you're going to play 90, you know, so it, the, I'm going to wait. I want to see another I want to see another match. Oh yeah, yeah, d- definitely, yeah, and uh, you know, th- there's still. I mean, we still have to see more, more of him too. But I think it's really exciting to get a player like him. That I mean, had he's traveled around the world basically, right, around different places, and even here in yeah. the states, right, El Paso, well, he's not in Miami. He's he's not a young player, so he he understands the match. You know, it's not like bringing in Frankie Lopez or Sammy Ochoa. You know, oh. um, he, it this 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 guy, although he's not. Um, he's older, he's more fit than those two were. So I was, I was watching him. It's like, okay, is he fit? Can he run? Can he move? And I, it looked pretty positive for me. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Sammy Ochoa. He let me down. I I had so much hope in, in that guy doing really great with us uh, too. But, but Frankie Lopez, wow. Now you bring up that name, man, that guy. Sorry. Yeah. That guy put up a fight i remember just when he came in you could tell that guy was hungry to play and and he gave it his all so uh yeah it's a shame he had to go i remember when when we had him and he was a super sub yeah he just wasn't super fit you know so he couldn't there's no way he could play a a 90 you know 
So yeah. The, Anyhow, it's, it's, it's nice to see that Jerome is actually fit. So Jerome, if you're listening, keep it up, man. Keep the fitness level high. I mean, I look at uh, players like um, Carly Lloyd, who's what she's pushing 40 and she's the, mm-hmm. one of the fittest players on the U S women's national team. I mean, she could run circles around anybody and that's just, that's amazing. So if, as long as you keep working on your fitness and your fit, 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 you can keep playing, you know, well on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's, that's true. So, Everyone out there, if you're a young player, then have that mentality, right? Because it, I mean, once once if you realize that when you're in your 30s, it might be too late, right? <laughs> so keep keep at it. And and I have a belief, right, that I think a lot of players who do make it up to that, I mean, they they were on it, right? I mean, hitting the gym every day, uh, some extra time if needed, and mm-hmm. made sure they they took care of that, which which you should, right? I mean, this is your profession. This is what you make a living out of. Yes, you should be. <laughs> To doing all that yeah i mean you don't want to you don't want to overtrain you know you don't you don't want to overtrain or anything like that you know because some players overtrain and then they end up getting just super oh. exhausted because they can't mm-hmm. read they're not recovering but this guy looked this guy looked pretty fit for his age so i appreciate that and what if, else you got oh it, it, i was gonna say if, if, one more thing with this guy if i'm not mistaken we'll have to kind of go back and and check but i'm almost a hundred percent sure he scored against us when he was at el paso and if I'm not mistaken, I might be wrong with this one, but I think it may have been close to the end of the season. I'll have to go back and, and check, but I, I have a feeling his name is so familiar that I saw him in the score sheet at some point against us. So I'll have to, I'll have to check that. And that, that may have been where we ended up actually seeing him, right? Because he was with El Paso in 2019 and, you know, coach may have, seen right a sacramento game where he scored against us that's when kiffy was still playing for el paso was 2019 right yeah if i'm not mistaken yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. okay interesting oh so he he's got some kiffy ties hey he might know some kiffy questions you might be able to invite <laughs> him sometimes <laughs> to ah, jeopardy there we go there we go we'll have to get to know these guys that's so funny oh yeah. don't remind me of jeopardy i haven't had time to develop all the questions i know you're you're you really we really need to lay down a date for the jeopardy three live show and at this point it's kind of i gotta we gotta just find the time and you know create a google document i whether you edit this out or not i don't care but literally if if jared's not going to be a contestant which if he is then i can't let him help but maybe we all start kind of putting out some ideas for topics yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, Jared. Yeah, you're welcome, Jared. To, he won't be participating in the next one. It won't be until maybe you know maybe later on. But yeah, okay. if you want to help out, Jared, and and you know what, this even goes out to anyone listening right now. If you want to help us with this effort and and help us actually have more, we're more than willing to invite you on, and you could be a part of our Republic Jeopardy team, and we can have more of these and uh, going on as well. So if anyone listening. If you're someone who who feels like, you know what, I have plenty of like Republic trivia and I'd really like to contribute to these things. Hey, by all means, send us a message on social media. Let us know. We're more than happy to have you on helping us out with that. It's a really fun time. It's a blast. And I can even show you how it works behind the scenes if you want to actually also help us out with controlling all that too. So yeah, send us a message and hey, we're more than willing to uh, you know, let you help out with that if it's something that you you particularly enjoy. So, hey, just a a little PSA out there. 
it's a lot of fun. So looking at our upcoming matches, uh, we're going back home. Finally, I feel like it's, I don't know, it feels like it's been a long time, even though it hasn't really been, but I think because of that week and a half we had off, it just feels like it's, it's been a really long time. Um, but next Saturday, July 31st at 8 PM, uh, we are going to be playing against the New York Red Bulls too. Um, I, I've said it before, right? The irony of it all is we're playing against an Eastern team. I don't even know, Sharon, when the last time was that we saw an East Coast team play in the Republic. I feel like you were with the Republic at maybe the last time we played against the Eastern team. And, may, and it, I don't know. For all I know, I think it may have even been the first, since the first season, right? Like, what was it? I'm yeah. trying to think back. I want to say at least 2015 or 2016, uh, because mm-hmm. with the further expansion in both conferences, that kind of uh, put the clamp down on uh, interconference play, you know, for, for travel and everything like that. So it probably would have been 2015 or 2016, if I'm not mistaken. It's been a while. We'll put it that way. It's been a while. <laughs> so rather interesting. And, and I'm just glad that we're not the ones making the trip out to New York and that we don't have to play an away match against them. Uh, and so we need to, you know, th- these are the kinds of games where it's like, hey, dude, it's a team outside of your group. Uh, of course, more unknown, right, than our direct group rivals. But kind of games that you need to get three points because it's a team that is actually not doing as good in the standings. If you guys take a look at the standings, they are in the Eastern Conference Atlantic uh, group and they are at 14 games played, 13 points. That so, sounds like us. Yeah, basically. That uh, sounds just like know. us. They're kind of uh. like our twin. <laughs> uh, but pretty bad goal differential though. Negative uh, 12 versus our negative five. So this oh. is a team you can score against, right? I mean, 30, 30 goals scored against uh, actually makes them the most, uh, the team in, and I'm not just saying their division, but just in general, in the whole USL championship, the team that has received more goals, this is a must win. If we're, the next time we record a podcast, if we're talking about us losing or heck even tying, this was a bad match. You can't do that against a team who is the team that most teams have scored Swiss against. Cheese. They're the Swiss cheese of the uh, uh, Eastern Conference. <laughs> we need yeah. that, right? I mean, this yeah. is actually yep. a, a perfect time for some Swiss cheese uh, on a grill, on a, you know, grilled yeah. bread. This is yeah. the time when maybe we we'll to... grill them with our, with a hot weather game and, you know, Swiss cheese on a, yeah, on a hot day, you know, yeah, we'll make do a- it. We'll make a good pastrami sandwich out of them. There we go. You know, forget about it. Just put, put them on some Swiss cheese, some mustard. Get, get some good pastrami. Just make a sandwich out of them. Make a sandwich out of them. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like that. Right I like that accent right there. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but the the accent yeah. that Jared did yeah, right oh, there. Oh, I noticed it. Point. Oh, I noticed it. Yeah. My, my mom's from New Jersey. So every now and again, oh. we can all go there. Um <laughs> So, so, oh yeah, it's, it's predicted to be a nice warm day that day um, on Saturday. Yes. Yeah. So, so here's the deal. Um, if anybody is so inclined to go by, and I, I think we may have talked about it on the last podcast, you know, we all love having Tucker Bone 
Um, if we can all go buy like a T-bone, a fake T-bone at some party store, I know it's wasteful and it's plastic and all that other stuff, but wouldn't it be fun? Like when, if he does play is like everybody throws the T-bone up in the air and catches it or they throw it out of the field and, you know, that'd be so much fun. That, that, that would plastic, be. Yeah. Plastic T-bones are typically for, um, and they're expensive, um, dog toys. They're not cheap and, or food display. <laughs> It's not cheap. It's like, oh, I just, I just want some cheapo T-bones or cheap steak things. Yeah, exactly. So think about it, people. If you're listening to this and you happen to buy a plastic T-bone, let us know. Put it in the comments. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess even if people can't find exactly a T-bone, just go out to your dollar store, buy any bone. It could be a plush bone from the dollar <laughs> store. <laughs> yeah, and and right. let, let's just have... Just, just throw your bone out there, right? Is the yeah, exactly. Is the initiative? <laughs> it would be kind of fun to kind of do that for for Tucker, who's kind of usually the kind of a straight face kind of guy. You know, he's got a good sense of humor. That'd be kind of fun. So. Oh yeah, he he would he would really enjoy that. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's that's our next game. Okay. Uh, but following that, you know, we're we're hitting the road again uh, on a Thursday night, which we usually don't play on Thursdays, but hitting the road out to Washington against. Tacoma Defiance on Thursday, August 5th at 7 p.m. Then after that, uh, our rescheduled game uh, that uh, was uh, previously, uh, unfortunately, having to postpone. And, and as you guys all know, we've talked about the story here already <laughs> on how that went down. Up, right. And now it's a lot better, right? Re- rescheduled to play at Las Positas College in Livermore, just right as you pass the Altamont Pass super much more closer and much more convenient to get to than Oakland is anytime because I yeah. like that super I'll, much more closer. <laughs> yes. That's funny, Luis. Yeah. <laughs> but then we turn around and three days later, we're home. I'm literally three days rest. We're home against the lights. It's like, dang, that's just boom, bada boom. You know, that's a lot of little games in a row fast. Oh Yeah. So really, really close by, but it's so critical that in these next four games, if we're able to get as many three points as we can, they need to be obtained in these matches because after that, you're on the road going to Phoenix on the 21st, oh. and then you got the Loyal, and then you got Los Dos, which granted we did beat them already too, but you never know what can happen with Los Dos, right? They're really yeah, uh, playing there. We're going to be playing there and then we play Las Vegas there, you know, and that in September, the beginning of September, it's still hot. Las Vegas is still hot and it's oh. a 7 p.m. game. So, yep. Labor Day weekend. Aye. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Well, that's convenient too. So, so yeah. So okay. next four matches. Right. We need, we, we need, need, we need points. Yeah. And again, no excuse to not get him against the Rebels too. Yeah. Against the Coma Defiance, which again is right there in our little group there. And then, of course, we got the Oakland Roots, which I think is a rival we can be, right? And then we got the Lights, which we already know they're basically our favorite team to play against and back at home. So, I mean, you gotta, you gotta. Yeah, if we don't get but any... speaking of the Oakland Roots, oh. speaking of the Oakland Roots, I think we have another Unsolved Mysteries, Jared. <laughs> yes, that would be correct. Now, I've chosen for this week's uh, USL Unsolved Mysteries, what is going on with the Oakland Roots? Uh, This is a team that 
previously had enjoyed success uh, locally in the NASL League, if I remember correctly. They've had a, a wild uh, a group of fans, completely loyal, just basically wild out at, at the matches uh, for, for their home club. But then 2021 occurs. Uh, the original USL Bay Area expansion uh, plan had fallen flat, so instead they pick up the roots and uproot them from the NASL into the USL Championship. But this year has just been a... Uh, I'm trying to use think of the uh, proper term, uh, error of follies, or I may have something else entirely wrong. But first, it started out with the canceled match against the Republic FC back in, in June because of the turf conditions. Nothing weather-related, completely void of that, but just the fact that it has what could possibly be deemed uh, uh, possessed turf because there is a whole story between how Oakland got the the turf from Rio's OKC FC and uh, New York Cosmos and all the drama behind that. And then more recently, the unfortunate situation that uh, some of their team members had come down with COVID-19. So the unsolved mystery is what is exactly haunting Oakland Roots SC? What is this gray cloud that ultimately came across soon as they entered the USL championship? Yeah. That is a good question because you're right. I mean, they they had seen success where they previously played, which uh, was actually in Nisa, I believe, right, where where they had actually been uh, playing before. And that was back in 2019, in the fall, uh, that, that they started playing there too. And and from what I hear, right, from what we've heard here on the podcast uh, when we interviewed Jordan, I mean, that team was doing pretty good in that league, right? And, and I've seen, you know, video and I've seen – pictures of you know, how much fan like they won they, it yeah, yeah they, they, they won the right basically right yeah um and then the cause right i mean we can go all around right i mean the cause of the team the the all the things they do for their community i mean this whole team had a great plan together and so yeah it is really it's really weird what what just happened but at the same time i do put some blame in the usl for not checking that. So I, I don't think they have any blame because they were under the impression, right, that their pitch was good. It's the USL that, right, that should have been like, uh, you know what, you guys need to change that. Because I know they would have been like, all right, we'll, we'll get a change, right? Uh, we had no idea that, you know, this was not good. And so it's not so much on them because they've been playing on that field. It's so much that USL never told them, yes, you that doesn't work for me. So. Yeah, but it wasn't necessarily the USL. It was actually the referees, pro referees that brought it to the attention. USL could have gone out there and not set a peep. So it was it was actually the first available referee. When you go to pro um, mm-hmm. pro referee, it was them. It was those guys that the gals that brought the attention to the the playing surface, and then it was deemed whatever it was. But then the other part of the cloud that's kind of hanging over, you know, is like having the COVID and having to postpone two of their matches, two more matches. So they postponed two more matches on top of ours. So it's three matches in total so far that have been postponed. Keep your ear to the ground, say good things for them. But you're right. It is an unsolved mystery of what is this kind of like odd cloud that's hanging over them and hopefully the recovery you know all things turn out really good moving forward for them but unsolved mysteries what is it yeah but you know as you mentioned that i mean i'm I'm still surprised that at the very least i'm surprised that the usl when 
they go and grant a team uh, a place in the USL championship that, you know, they could bring one of the pro refs with them, right? Just to be like, hey, can you help us? They may do that going forward. They may do that going forward. That has never been a policy in the past. Um, As a matter of fact, if they had ever measured, and I don't want to even say this, but had they ever really officially measured Hughes Stadium, we would not have been able to play there under USL rules. I think, I don't know. You know, it turned out it, Mm. it was fine. It was just wide enough. However, you know, it was, it was, it was a stretch. So at the end of the day, they may change the way that USL policies are implemented. You know, they may end up doing uh, inspections ahead of time, but I mean, they're, it's a slender organization. You know, USL isn't loaded with staff and that's Mm. not, you know, they, they trust that if a, if a team says, this is our home field, this is how big it is. This is the nature of the surface playing surface. You know, it's, it, it it so there you go i mean they could have called if you think of all the times that uh the old papa murphy's park now heart health park had concerts and they tried to patch the field up <laughs> our field up and there were divots and holes and things oh. and weirdness and no it was always deemed to be playable we could see it it was pretty obvious that a concert had kind of ruined um, parts of it and they had to bring in turf in the areas it so at the end of the day it could be you know there could be other standards that are brought in in america our fields are n- never pristine because there's always multi-use happening on them mm. um, but if you look at european countries it's like no it's just for soccer you know mm-hmm. they don't always have concerts on these you know well some of them do but they protect the turf a whole lot better than what, what we do we'll get there We'll eventually mm. get there. So at the end of the day, all right. Yeah, yeah. Ho- hopefully, I mean, everything gets much better for them. And I-, I really hope that they end up building their own stadium, right? I think there's plenty of places in the Bay Area where they could take a look at having their own venue because that that team right there, that team deserves to have at least something like Orange County, right? We know they would be filling up that Orange County Stadium if you move Championship Stadium onto Oakland. And you're guaranteed that place is going to be packed every single game, right? Even though they have the earthquakes right there, I think it's a whole different story right there because I think when we compare Oakland and Irvine, people are much more passionate about their local team there than they are about, say, oh, let's go to San Jose and support that team. Whereas in Irvine, it's a whole different story. So, you know, unfortunate, unfortunately that, you know, they don't have something like that, but they could have something like that. It's not that complicated because the championship stadium isn't all that complex, right? I mean, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, I'm sure give them a year, that could also be there too. And they won't have to rely on a college. And like you said, Sharon, right? These college fields, I mean, they use them for so many different things, right? And even not just sporting events, graduations, like you name it. I'm sure even private parties, like so many things. So, yeah, I mean, hopefully hopefully that, that changes there as well. Awesome. Well, we are going to be posting that Unsolved Mystery on social media. So if you guys could give us your thoughts, we can figure out what's what's going on with this. But other than that, um, any final parting words before we uh, say goodbye tonight, Jared? Well, if it's not hot in Arizona, it'll probably be hot here. Anyhow, everybody stay cool. Um, stay sassy Sacramento 
as uh, Wilson Nishaw would probably say. Keep it classy. Oh. Yeah. And uh, let's uh, go ahead and get that uh, win against New York. And uh, anyone listening that's also watching uh, coming into Tempe on Saturday, we'll see you for, for some uh, good old Paul Oakenfold. Hopefully, uh, I'll be able to get a scarf to him. We'll see. Oh, yes, yes, a scarf. And if you have an extra sticker, by the way, there, I think uh, it'd be kind of nice if you got a podcast sticker. <laughs> Put it on the scarf if you're able to get a same delivery. Yeah, yeah, I think I do have an extra sticker, so I think I'll have to scratch around for that. Uh, awesome, great. Oh, And Luis, thank you so much for always being the backbone, you know, for the podcast. And a uh, shout out to all our fans who are listening in. Just know that Luis is the uh, wizard behind the curtain. Thank you. Thank you as always. And and yes, I mean, uh, I'm always going to be on here, always going to be uh, doing these things because at the end of the day, right, we want to promote soccer in our Central Valley and not just that too, but also, of course, promote more fans. We want fans to go out there to to watch our Sacramento Republic. And that's why we're so passionate and want to see a team that, you know, wants to win. We That's, that's all we ask for. I want to see more people converting into fans and if people see that it doesn't matter if we're not winning championships, they are going to keep supporting and following. And I don't want to see people just losing that uh, uh, supporters culture, right? That like loyalty culture that we've had for so long. I don't want to see it lose because of that. So that's, that's why we do these things. That's why we talk about it. And, you know, we want to make sure that everyone is supporting our team. And one final thing, as I mentioned, the stickers thing, I actually just got another huge order of stickers, a lot of stickers. I'm loaded with stickers right now for the podcast, but I do have to note these are actually different than the other ones that uh, you may have previously seen. So the previous ones were actually made out of like a matte material. These are more glossy, which apparently they say that they're more durable. I'm not sure how that is uh, you know we'll have to test them out hopefully that is the case hopefully they're not lying to us um but they say that these are better than them um so if you want a sticker as always send us a message uh we're gonna be at the game on saturday on the 31st against new york so if you're going to the game send us a message uh we'll meet up with you somewhere uh we all we always enjoy meeting up with people who listen to our show it's really awesome to meet you all in person so we'll give you a couple of stickers if uh, you just send us a message. We'll get things uh, coordinated. Uh, from what we've done in the past, usually halftime is when it usually works out uh, ideally. But if you do show up earlier to the stadium, even better, right? We can give it to you before so you have it before and you can actually go buy uh, you know, snacks or go use the bathroom at halftime. Uh, so just let us know. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again, everyone, for listening to our show tonight. And uh, we will see you next time here on State of the Republic podcast.